Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. What's up, guys? It's Kate. And JJ. And this is season nine of the Heart of Dating podcast, the finale. What up? Are you pumped? I'm pumped. I'm sad and pumped. Yeah, I'm both too. You're right. It's bittersweet. (laughs) Me, me, me. But we love you guys. It's been a fun season as we've tackled shorter topics with shorter episodes, more hot topics. And today's episode is a voted on topic. Yes, it is. We had a competition my topic one, just to clarify, <laughs> just to clarify my this topic JJ's one. This JJ's idea. But today's actually fun. Why is it fun, honey? Because it's a two-part episode. Today is really for both genders, male and female. Uh, but really, we're going to talk about ladies, when to know to walk away. And then on Friday on JJ's podcast, or the man mini-sodes, right? Mini-man-sodes, yeah. Mini-man-sodes, we're going to talk to the guys. Yeah, we're going to talk about guys like we definitely talk a lot right about how to support the female partner especially in trauma or trust issues but naturally we're gonna have to talk about the other side of the pendulum which is when to walk away as a guy yeah so let's get into it well before we start just a few announcements hey early bird tickets of the conference are only on sale for another week and a half you guys okay the tickets are 20 percent off what they're gonna be after early bird ends december 31st the clock strikes midnight and guess what early bird tickets are no longer available so if you are like on the fence buy your ticket before it goes up i'm sorry if you want to get it after you can of course but we can't give you any lower cost on it (laughs) so come join us we are already one third of the way sold out of in person we are completely sold out of vip and guys guess what For all of our virtual attendees, the people who right now are listening, having FOMO because they can't come to Atlanta February 18th and 19th, you guys, we have virtual watch parties that are going to be popping up all over the country at different churches. We will announce them all soon, so make sure you're following us on Instagram or you're a part of our email list. You'll get all of those updates, but we're going to have some on the West Coast, on the East Coast, in the Midwest, in the South. It's going to be so fun, so make sure to get an online ticket in the very least so you don't miss out on all the fun yeah look we get it we're all over covid and zoom like we don't want you guys to watch this conference by yourself all right we want to unite everyone across the u.s so find somebody on facebook in your region and the subgroups are on tsa and watch it with some watch it with some other people yeah you know our online experience is super special and it's not just like an afterthought for us we really prioritize it we really make it interactive jj is actually going to be the online host for you guys online so we really care about you guys online and we make it interactive there's going to be awesome breakout rooms a really rad chat you guys online are going to have your own singles party on sunday night which we have so many cool plans for. So really encourage you, 
you don't just have to be in Atlanta to join the party. You can yeah. also be online and 100%. come join us. 100%. So we're super excited. As you guys know, Sam Collier and Story Church are our partners in Atlanta. We got JP Precluda, Michelle Williams, <laughs> Hannah Brencher, Riley Sewell, Bethany Allen. From Bridgetown. And I we got her. Elise Murphy as our M. See, it's gonna be popping. It's gonna be so fun. So. Hey, also real fun, you guys. Um, this time of year is tough. Christmas is literally this weekend. Then it's New Year's, and you know you start reflecting on all this last year, and you might reflect on, wow, I'm still single, and this is hard. So for anybody who joins Heart of Dating Conference and buys a ticket. We are going to give you access to our Loneliness Masterclass, Combating Loneliness Masterclass as a bonus. We did this masterclass in our Singles Academy program in August, and it was incredibly powerful and popular. And if you want to really combat loneliness in this season before the new year, once you sign up to get a ticket, you're going to get access to it. And anyone who has a ticket will send you that access as well. And we're going to have a watch party event on Tuesday, December 27th at 5 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be able to watch that masterclass together if you want to watch it live and you can meet other conference attendees early. So that's also going to be really fun. So it's a fun bonus if you sign up for conference. People love that masterclass. That was that was a really great one. So, yeah. okay. Lastly, a couple last items. Uh, many mansodes have been awesome. Heck I yeah. loved your guys' feedback there. This is actually going to be the second part releasing Friday. It's going to be for the dudes when to walk away. And then lastly, I snuck this one in here because I did the agenda today. <laughs> hey, I am going to humbly request on Kate's behalf and Heart of Dating's behalf. If you're listening to this and you're on your commute and you have internet access, would you leave a five-star review? We're actually going to start reading these out because they're just super encouraging. Uh, these are super, super helpful for us to know where the direction of the podcast is going, what you guys have really enjoyed from a topic perspective. Uh, if you guys think it's a four star because I came in here <laughs> and ruined Kate's flow, you're more than welcome to be no honest way. with us. Yeah. So just let us know. And also helps us keep the podcast uh, discoverable when you guys leave those reviews. Yeah. 100%. And awesome. Yeah. So. That would mean a lot to us. I know. Matt, it would be a great Christmas gift for Kate and I. Yeah. We love serving Please you guys. Give us a Christmas gift of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if yeah. you can. Thank you guys so much. Okay. The next segment, which you guys have loved. You ready? A great date question. Okay, a babe. A great date question. Here's my question. Okay. If you didn't have to work, what would you do with your time? <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is a good one. I think if I didn't have to work, I, feel like I know the answer. What's what's your you guess? Would golf all day, every day. I I wish, but God didn't put me on this earth to just golf every day. Okay. So I probably would say like there's one universe that I would love, where I wish I could be like a high school history teacher <laughs> and football coach. Oh. And I just get to work with like high school students all day teaching history and then coaching football, and I feel like I could impact a lot of young men that way. Oh. Sweet, That'd be honey. super, super fun. I would yeah. I would make history cool and fun. And I would also coach football and really try to change guys' lives early. Wow. I love that. Yeah. How about you? Man, I'm, I don't really know exactly. I think I would like 
go to a really quaint town outside of London or Paris or the south of France, and I would have like a cute bookstore slash coffee shop slash store. It would be all combined. It would be like you can get books, you can have your coffee, you can have like a little store. I would maybe own that store, and I would do little book readings and stuff and have – oh, I think also there would be a table where we could gather people together and like either once a week or once a month, we gather some people from the community to have intentional discussions over this dinner table. Oh, that'd be fun. So – be something like that where yeah. it's like really cute and fun and also intentional. What would the name be? I have no clue. The table. <laughs> the table. That's I don't know, good. Something I like, like that, that one. That just came to me. I love this question because you just get a really good snapshot on like what's the their priority in life if yeah. like money wasn't, you know, an issue. Yeah. Right? I love that. I think it's a great one. Okay. So today in case you guys didn't know, since I won the topic, I also wrote the outline and the agenda. So if it's a great episode, that's because Kate edited it. <laughs> and if it's not a good one, I take all the credit, okay? <laughs> so today we're going to talk about when to walk away. From both perspectives, we have advice, but we're going to specifically hone in on situations uh, for our female listeners, when to walk away, our best guidance on when to walk away from your male counterpart. Yep. So I think, you know, today what we're really going to zone in on is the the healthy idea of a man. And ladies, when you don't have that in front of you, right, that emotionally mature man, that spiritually mature man, it's really, really important to know what our standard is, what that gold standard is and what we desire as a husband so that you don't continue to compromise in the relationship that you're in. Well, I want to add to that too, babe, because I want to empower the ladies. Um, If you don't think you have a good, healthy idea of a man in front of you or you haven't experienced that, get it. Yeah. Find those guys. Like, Don't just sit there and say, well, I don't have a healthy picture of what a man looks like. You may not have had that. I didn't, but you have to seek it out. Seek it out through couples. Be around couples with a healthy man. You need to be able to know what the DNA of a healthy, godly man looks like. And the best way to know that is not just by me and JJ telling you. It's by actually seeing it, experiencing it, noticing what sets this man apart, why he is a healthy, godly man, seeing how his wife and them interact both those it's so 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 important and you know seeing a pastor on stage is not enough you need to see the behind the scenes of this person's life and really see what they're like and then you use some of that for your blueprint of like what a healthy man should look like dang (laughs) go off honey you know i'm just like we i used to say like oh i don't know what a healthy man looks like i didn't never had one in my life i'm like well get one and i had to seek them out i had to seek out couples where i was like i love this couple i want to spend time around this couple yep yep in school dating we call that a king and queen couple that's right and this is a godly couple to be around to see how they do conflict i'll give a great example real quick Uh, I have a very close friend who's going through a divorce, but she hangs out with a king and queen couple and they had a disagreement, an argument in front of her. And five minutes later, the husband walked back up and said, hey, I just want to say I'm sorry for being uh, blunt and, uh, you know, addressing you with not as much respect as I should have. I'm really sorry about that. And she, my my friend, could not believe what she just saw. That's amazing. Because that was not her standard. So ultimately, we want one thing for you women and men when we get to you listening. Here's our objective. We desire for each and every one of you to stand on the altar one day 
obviously lost in romance of the day and having a great time and looking at your spouse. But just as importantly as that, we want each of you to look back at your dating history with a humble confidence, uh, uh, an affirmation of the Holy Spirit, knowing that you made the right decision of when to walk away. Yeah. Because the person in front of you and the joy set before you and the partner that you picked is so great for the mission and the kingdom. That's right. We want you to look back and saying, I don't regret walking away. I'm so overjoyed that I walked away because of what is ahead. So you mean you they don't regret walking away from this person, but they are grateful they walked away from guys in the past. Yes. You're grateful that you did walk away because of what is in front of you. From other guys. Exactly. So that makes sense. If you came here with, you know, I think logically we might go to this place. I want to come here because I want to avoid a bad relationship, ending up with a jerk or a jerkette who's going to drain me emotionally and spiritually for the rest of my life. That's part of it. But I would just say like our mission and heart is so much greater than just avoiding a bad relationship. We want you to be able to walk away from the relationship now because there is something so much greater, so much more sanctifying and impactful in the kingdom ahead of you. So that is the foundation of the episode, not just avoiding bad, but the pursuit of just something greater in the kingdom. Yeah. So let's jump in there. Okay. So oftentimes, to be honest, a lot of times women talk about this more and ask this question more than guys, though I think guys should be asking it even more. And um, we'll get to that. But, you know, girls will even ask like a complete stranger, like, hey, should I walk away from this relationship? What do you think? Like half of my DMs, not half of them, but a lot of them are filled with like, hey, what should I do here? Should I be with this guy? Should I not? Should I walk away? I never get DMs from guys, like rarely about this situation. Um, And that's not to discount you men. And we love you guys. It's just girls like really, really, really are curious and they want to know, like, am I, should I do this or not? Yeah. Um, and a lot of, and they will seek out the counsel a lot of times. That's what I see. Um, but sometimes they seek out maybe too much counsel and not right. the right kind, which is the downfall for some of our, my ladies Exactly. versus guys. Versus men. And I will even say, like, I get a lot of DMs from guys now. Almost none of them is, hey, when should I walk away? Right. Our natural tendency as men is, no, I got to figure this one out on my own. On my own. Right. Yeah. Which is also dangerous. Very dangerous. So yeah. there's definitely a balance to both. And you can be a woman and want to figure it out on your own too and vice versa. Um, but it's just sometimes the te- the pattern that we've witnessed or seen. So ladies, here's my thing for you. Um, there's a balance with when to walk away. There's a balance between not settling and not living in scarcity that you're not going to find someone else and therefore staying with this person because you're resolving to the fact that maybe you can fix them. You can be their savior. You can be their hero. You see their potential so much so that, oh, you know, they almost got it, right? There's a balance of like that versus... You have too high of expectations about the men you're dating and wanting someone and you want someone near perfect, which spoiler doesn't exist. Okay. And so you're like, oh, like, are my stand, what are my standards at? And you walk away from everyone. Okay. Uh, So there's a, there's like that balance of like, ooh, oh man, we got to figure out that fine line. You don't want to marry potential. 
you know, at some point that person is going to always be growing, right? They should be growing towards something. Mm -hmm. But when you are marrying someone, you are marrying them accepting all of who they are right now and signing up for that for life. Before I got engaged to JJ, I had a very hard conversation with my therapist because JJ can sometimes be forgetful and I'm much more of a planner. And that was really hard for me. And I said, I don't want to be the manager of my life. Like, is this what is going to be my life? And she said, you know, Kate, he might change and he might grow in that area. But if you're going to get engaged and you're going to get married to him, you're going to have to accept the fact that this is going to be a struggle for him potentially for the rest of his life. And I was like, okay. And she said, he might grow in that area, but he's going to have to figure that out and want that on his own. And regardless, you are going to have to look at him and say, I love you and I choose you, even if you're super forgetful and I have to be the planner for the rest of our relationship and our life. Like you have to know that going into it and be okay with that. That is your decision. You are not marrying him because you believe you can fix him and you can make him be a better rememberer and you can make him be a planner. Like you can certainly encourage him in those areas and he can seek his own counsel, but you're not marrying him with the caveat that he's going to be perfect in those departments with your help. Right. And so that was huge for me. I was like, do I want want that? Is that okay? And, you know, at some, in some capacity, there's always going to be something that you're going to have to sacrifice with somebody that you're with. Mm-hmm. But there's also the layers where ladies, you're like wanting that guy so badly and he's not going in a direction of health and growth, but you see his, you see his potential, but he can't see his potential. And here's some of the reasons why you end up staying. You end up staying because you're like, It's been so long and I don't want to start over again out of fear for my life. I'm getting older. I've already invested so much here. You don't want to end things because, you know, they're good enough. They have enough good things, right? Like, I mean, this is, I've dated so much or I haven't, it's been the desert for years and this is good enough. Mm -hmm. You don't want to end it because maybe they're the first person that's ever really shown you true interest. Maybe you don't want to end it because you've resolved to the fact that, you know, it's going to be cool because you know you can help them. You got the tools and together to become one, you can help them. Some of that is kind of true, but also again, that becomes a bit codependent. Right. And maybe you don't want to end it because you just don't think that there would be anything else out there for you if you did end this. So I don't know if that's speaking to some people, but I want you to know that this decision of when to walk away is so important to discern and weigh very heavily, um, not only by listening to this podcast, but with counsel around you. You know, every person is different, but there is a big weight to assessing this well, a big weight to assessing this realistically. Um, there, And with that being said, there are definitely clear places where you maybe should stay and give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And then there's some spaces where you're, this is very clear, I should walk away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And ultimately, the hardest part about this podcast today is every situation is so different. Yeah. And what we try to do is just come up with a few common different examples that we thought range from obvious to ambiguous. Yeah of when the female should walk away from the man. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like, you know, there is a room where there's generous assumptions, grace. He is growing. Kate had to do that with me Mm -hmm. to a large degree. And then there's some situations. Yeah. And oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> what? <laughs> but there are some situations like if you're listening to this and you're dating someone and you've had this nagging thought for a while now that I should probably walk away, then this episode is for you. Exactly. Okay. And if you're listening today and you have a friend and you know that they should be walking away, but they haven't yet, this is an episode for you to send them gently. Yes, definitely. Okay. And so we're going <gasps> to hop in because uh, I know this is super common. Here's a dramatic example of one that is definitely one that is walk away immediately. Somebody who's abusive. Yeah. Someone who is abusive emotionally, spiritually, physically. This is you need to walk away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not a question of when to walk away. It's a question of really my question. And you're you have a ton of experiences. Why have you not walked away yet? Like what is keeping you? Yeah. This should have happened yesterday if yeah. you know you are in an abusive relationship why have you not walked away yet yeah. well but it doesn't work like that does it no and that's where it's like when you say that it's so hard because when i was in that place i'm like i know i should walk away but right. i have but it's so convoluted and yeah. this is hard because a victim of abuse will often come back seven times to that person before leaving mm -hmm. for good in my case of abuse, I came back to them more than seven times. It was probably like upwards of 30 times that we had broken up and gotten back together. And it was very complex. For me, it was because my identity wasn't solid enough outside of this person. And I so badly wanted to change him. I so badly wanted to help him. And I wanted him to see my value. And I allowed the treatment to really dictate who mm -hmm. I, my worth. So in that stance, I, I, it dwindled what I thought I was worth because I was in it for so long. And for me, the, the best thing is that if you're in an abusive situation, any kind, emotionally, spiritually, physically, I mean, mine was a combination, but, um, you need to have some close mentors in your life. Yeah. Have the bravery to share this with one solid, truly solid person that you know is solid. Um, I know it's tough, but you need to be honest before you make any big commitments. Yeah. If there's even one instance of some kind of abuse here, it needs to be talked about. Um, it's not something that can be overlooked, even if they've been perfect after that experience. It still needs to come out because some abusers are going to compartmentalize it for maybe a long time. Then you get married and all of it comes out of the woodworks. Yep. So if you've seen any signs in dating, it needs to be addressed ASAP, even at the first sign. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so helpful because if you're not like, I can't speak to being abused, but I can speak to being around situations where yes. like I would, I would approach that and be like, wait a second, why have you, why on earth would you stay in that relationship? But it doesn't work like that. So no. if you are a friend to people, just always know that abuse is almost always hidden, right? And internalized yeah. and kept away from the from the light. So it's it's always just best to be a safe person who is checking in on friends. You're not probing to see if, you know, there is abuse, but you always want to make yourself readily available and safe for that person to confide to in. To be open to right? talk to you. Like I'm sure you wish you had a friend, oh, you know, yeah. or two well, who were safe that you could yes. disclose to. And also note that if someone is being abused, you may see their kind of crazy side. And I, I, the word crazy is very triggering for some, but I did like come across to my friends as very like wild and very overly emotional and maybe a little 
crazy to them, quote unquote, in that time, because for me, I was in a very, I was on the crazy train. I was in a very bad state of mind. Yeah. And that I had friends that perpetuated like, hey, you're being kind of dramatic and crazy, which then made me feel, it reinforced the lies of my abuser and made me feel like I couldn't share. Yeah. So know if somebody around you is like acting very erratic or very emotional when they even share about things or they're going back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like if they do share in their external processor, that's a sign that there is potentially something happening there Yeah. that is it could be potentially bad. You need to exactly. just, whatever you do, don't make someone feel like they're the full-blown problem. Yeah, that's such that's great advice. Um, yeah. You just never know. So I would say to wrap up the abusive situation too, if you're listening as a lady, one of the best indicators for future abuse is the lack of, mm-hmm. the lack of kindness, the yeah. lack of genuine kindness, not charming people, kindness, not infatuation, not flattery over the top, compliments, that's not kindness, okay? How do they treat people, especially those who have nothing to offer them or unattractive people or hurt people? You know, that is like the hallmark of kindness and like looking for compassion. Do they have compassion for hurt people, for broken people? And I'd say the lack of that super apathetic spirit and mindset, like warning, Warning, yeah. warning, warning. So major warning. Exactly. Yeah, they, yeah, we can do a whole episode yeah. on abuse and when to walk away. Exactly. I want to go to the next one, mm-hmm. which is an emotionally immature person or emotionally unavailable person, really. This is for men, an, an emotionally immature man. Yes. And I just want to be blunt on this one. And I hope this is helpful speaking from a male perspective to you ladies on when to walk away. That's what we're going to do when Kate speaks to the men. But for ladies, you can only be as spiritually mature as you are emotionally mature. Mm. So emotional immaturity has a massive impact on your relationship. Right. And it will have a massive impact on your spiritual life. Yeah. So emotional maturity it really needs time to suss out, which is why I always recommend 90 days before getting exclusive. Um, it's just, man, you guys, it's you so, can have all the yeah. feels in the world, but the feels are going to cloud like truly how you feel around them. This is a question for my ladies. Truly ask yourself, how do I feel around them? Truly, how do I feel around them? Seriously. Do you feel, you might feel all the sparks, uh-huh. cool, sparks, chemistry, yeah. that's fun, Fine. but you also might be improving energy mm-hmm. if you really get down to it. Because a lot of times when I felt I had all this chemistry, I also felt like I was like trying to prove I wanted to win them over. I want yes. them to like me. Um, and so really, how do you feel around them? Do you mm-hmm. feel safe? Do you feel secure? Do you feel like they share empathy with you? Do you feel like they're curious about you? Right. Do you feel like they give generous assumptions of you? Do Mm -hmm. you feel safe? Like, how do you feel? And this is where you have to get in touch truly also with your body. Like what I believe the Holy Spirit is in all of us as Christians. I, I, yes. And, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And he's often speaking to you through sensations in your body, sweating, um, feeling like a pit in your stomach. That is, I mean, so much of that can also come back to, hey, the Holy Spirit is in you speaking something to you about through your feelings. I know we like to demonize feelings, but I truly believe there's a beauty to them that are indicators of like something is off here. Yeah. And so that's something to assess. Absolutely. Or like you're trying to convince yourself 
or convince him to be with you. Right. The problem with, and you nailed it, the problem with emotional maturity and evaluating is we build feelings and connection and a romantic attraction first, and then we look to evaluate their feeling or their emotional maturity. Yeah. Here's the thing. Nobody's blatantly immature on first glance. Yeah. Nobody will blatantly disrespect you on the first date. Nobody will blatantly be apathetic and unempathetic towards you and your pain. Mm -hmm. It's always gradual. Yeah. It's always over time. That's why it's so important to date over time and in community, right? With counsel, not in a silo. So that when things surface, you have a counsel to see it. Not in a silo. Exactly. Yep. That's where the emotional immaturity is like kept and guarded as a secret. Oh, he's actually really, really not great emotionally. And here's some of the, uh, we made some major signs, some big indicators of the lack of emotional maturity, which is a massive deal. Ladies, if you're dating a man and you have to use ultimatums for him to change, that's a huge indicator, right? That he's not taking you seriously, that you have to use threats for him to listen to you, to honor you. That's a massive deal. It's incredibly unhealthy. There's no respective words or you, or your boundaries, or your commitments. That's a huge indicator for emotional immaturity, right? It's their way or the highway, and your boundaries, your commitments, your words, yourself is blatantly disrespected. Also in that, if they say one thing and constantly do another, they're a talker. They're not truly emotionally trying to commit to you in a way that is respectful and honoring, and that's a big deal. Well, that's a great segue. There's no ownership of mistakes. Only excuses or only talking, only chatter. Mm -mm. Ownership of a mistake is is not just me looking at Kate saying, I totally own that mistake. Here's what I'm going to do about it. It's actually going out (laughs) and doing something about it, right? And showing change. It's easy to be a talker. It's easy to give lip service. It's hard to change. It's hard to take true ownership. Um, Here's another great indicator. There's a total collapse of trust, meaning you guys don't have partnership. There's no trust. There's no trust in what he says he's going to do, he's actually going to do. So he can't be, he's not reliable. Exactly. Um, Here's another big one relationally, you guys have been plateaued for months upon months. There's like overwhelming conflict and there's only defensiveness. Yeah. There's no humility. Or like no movement forward. Yeah. It's like he's not taking actions and ownership. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just defensiveness, excuses, lack of ownership. That's a huge gap in emotional character and maturity. And ultimately, here's probably the biggest indicator if I had to wrap it all up and put a bow on it. Ultimately, emotionally immature men lack the ability to do two things, handle their emotions, regulate their emotions and their feelings. That could look like them lashing out or it could look like them majorly suppressing their emotions. Those are both, they both, there's an inability to handle and regulate emotions and feelings. And there's a cause for that. I mean, I have empathy for those men. But the second thing too is the inability to to provide empathy or empathize. It's a major, major gap in emotional. You share an emotion and they have no ability to connect with it. They see you as always the problem. Yeah. They don't see and try to understand your emotions or feelings at all. They're like, uh, yeah. that sounds like a big deal. You need to get over that. Yes. Okay. So that is really, really important. And then the last one is probably what I would say is the most important and the one I would drill the most 
It's a spiritually complacent man. Yes. A spiritually complacent man. We can talk about abusive situations, emotional, but they all stem from the outpouring of their heart, Mm -hmm. which is where our relationship with Jesus and sanctification should be most clear. That should be the most impacted part of our life. So ladies, I'm talking to you ladies. If there's one thing I want you to take away from the episode is this. If it's unclear where he is at spiritually, then it's time to walk away. Truly. If his walk with Christ is gray, like what he is learning from God, how he was growing in the Lord is quiet, it's crickets, it's time to walk away. Like if he does not initiate any spiritual conversations and more importantly, cannot like go into depth with spiritual conversations, he just skips over it. You have to initiate. You have to ask him to go to church. You have to ask him to lead you spiritually. You have to beg him to be more spiritually mature. Right. I'm telling you, ladies, I'm sorry. This is mm-hmm. quick. I'm not gentle and soft about this truth. It's time to walk away because these are major indicators that spiritually, this is not an equally yoked relationship. Spiritually, this is not a partner who will amplify your mission. This is a partner who will drag it into the mud. Yeah. And instead of your mission being about the mission in the kingdom, your mission is going to be about just fixing your marriage and your in your relationship. Yeah. That's where all your time and effort is. I feel like go. this is where a lot of women want to sacrifice the most in the spiritual bucket. It's where I did. I was like, I can it's okay. He he does go to church, you know, yeah. like every week and he he takes notes for goodness sake and I'm like, but where is a spiritual fruit in his life truly? Yeah. It's not really there. It exactly. kind of was maybe there, but actually as I gotten to know him, it's not really 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 there. Exactly. And that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Spiritually, we want you guys our desires to marry a true man of God, not yeah. a boy, okay? And this is that's right. keep this in mind. This is to really I'm going to hammer this one home. I'm sorry, honey. I got to. Okay? Ladies, this is supposed to be the man that you respect and submit to. Okay, but just keep this in mind. We so often confuse the biblical model of spiritual and marital headship as wives submit to your husbands, period. Good wives submit to their husbands regardless of the spiritual character of that man. This is so wrong on so many levels. It's an entirely new podcast and because it just opens up the room for so much abuse. But we get that wrong because why? We fail to define the headship for men. And the biblical model of headship for men and wives submitting only has one use case where it works. You got me amped up. Sorry, honey. <laughs> it's got one use case. And we have a we have it modeled for us perfectly. Where? In Jesus' story. And Jesus loved you. And he loved me. And he loved the church. So much so that he did what? He died. He died. That is the secret to headship. The only way a wife can biblically submit to her husband is if he what? If he dies to himself on her behalf. Mm -hmm. So women listening, if you have a man who is prideful, who does not heed counsel, who is arrogant, who is self-righteous, who makes it about himself. Who tries to do everything on his own without a mentorship or counsel. Yes. And most importantly, if he is showing you that he is not willing to die to self for you, it is time to not just walk away, but to run away. Truly. That is not a man run. you can spiritually submit to in marriage. Yeah. It, it is not. like, And I have empathy for that man. Send him my way. Like, I, I want to help him and challenge him, but he's not ready for marriage. Yeah. Wow. 
JJ just got litty, okay? <laughs> but it's our final episode of the season, so we had to. Hey, guys, this has been so good. Stay tuned for JJ's episode this Friday, where we're going to then tackle and talk to the men. The we're going to talk to the men, so <laughs> the men. ladies. And Kate's going to preach to the men That's right. about when you should walk away. That's right. Okay, we love you guys. Have a wonderful week. Don't forget to leave a five-star review. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate Warman. It is a part of the Converge podcast network. Our incredible editor is the one and only Scott Caro. Our theme music was developed by the amazing Christian Ledoux. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesday, so we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 